Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Wish You Were Weird. A show where we talk about everything you've always wanted to know more about. Including, but not limited to, drag. Dating. Politics. Six ways to cope with Janelle's eviction from Big Brother 22. Where God Warrior from Trading Spouses is now. The cutest sneakers to throw over a telephone wire. The best ways to use your zodiac sign as an excuse for being a piece of shit. Why you'll never be as cool as Frankie from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, and why that's okay. Eight times Sex in the City made you believe that you could actually live like that in New York City. I'm the cat in heat screaming outside your bedroom window at 3 a.m., Vinny. And I'm the dog watching from my bedroom window, fully neutered and content with my life, Sarah. <laughs> you know, we write these things and then we forget, and then in the heat of passion, you know. I like, wish I was fully neutered. <laughs> I wish you were fully neutered. How would I be? I would just be a lot less excited about things, and I think that would be better. Because then there would be no disappointment, and then life would be okay. Which gets right to the point. It's extremely bleak. <laughs> I'm just a scene kid recovering. Um, I've been recovering for about 15 years. That's so funny because you relapsed. Your hair, is, your hair is black again. I have. I know. Back to honestly, that's just more of like my Ashkenazi Jewish roots more than anything. I've been waiting years for your next brunette phase and it's <laughs> finally here. Vinny said that it took a pandemic for me to go brunette, which is so funny. It did. Sarah always was like, I will never <laughs> dye my hair brown, not until the fucking world ends. And then the world ended. And look where we are. Now she's brunette. Now I'm not Elle Woods anymore. I am Vivian, which... Mm. What do you mean? You're, you, you, Don't fucking call me fucking Courtney, take your break. I'll kill you. <laughs> Lose the gum, Kate. You look like the maid. <laughs> oh, one day we should get all the girls from the Red Room Legally Blonde video. Oh my god. All of them. Are they like kids though? Is that like... Are they still kids? I don't know. That video was like how many years ago? They're like the Stranger Things kids for like theater kids on the dark web, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they're celebrities that's so funny i wonder where those kids are now they literally had an snl skit made fun of made fun of them like how insane is that yeah, it's kind of iconic i wish <laughs> for our next section me and sarah have decided to shake things up instead of our normal two truths and a headline tonight we're doing two truths and a lie celebrity facts edition here's number one dr phil is an actual doctor Number two, Ina Garden's nickname, the Barefoot Contessa, comes from the name of her favorite aloe plant. Mm -hmm. Three, Aaron Carter dumped Lindsay Lohan for Hilary Duff. Dr. Phil is a doctor. I believe the false one is Barefoot Contessa. It is. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so funny? Where did though? the inspiration for that come from? Just being a fucking dipshit, I guess. Just my mind working the way it does. <laughs> I love Barefoot Contessa. I just, no one annoys me. Okay, I like her, mm -hmm. but every time I watch it, she uses her hands a lot mm -hmm. in the food, and it really just disturbs me. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I'm like, gross. are you cleaning this in between takes? Like, what's happening here? It's just Ew. like, <laughs> she takes some meat a lot. It's like, mm. yeah, it's just 
friend like that. She's like a season the meat in the sink kind of gal. <laughs> Is that a memory you have? No. no. <laughs> Good God. Okay. Me turn. Me fact, turn? Yes. <laughs> fact, fact number one. Danny DeVito was once a voice actor for the My Little Pony film franchise. Fact number two. Danny DeVito had an extra toe, which has since been removed and donated to science. Fact number three. I am a distant relative to Danny DeVito. I know you're a distant relative to Danny DeVito. I am! <laughs> which makes total sense. So mm -hmm. we know that's out of the running. I've been told we're the same kind of person in reference to his character in Sunny in Philadelphia. I would completely, I don't know that, but I would, com I would just go ahead and say the opposite. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and counter with mm -hmm. that you aren't. <laughs> Thanks. I feel like you came up with the science one. I feel like that's a you type thing to make Yeah, up. no. I don't know if I don't know if Danny DeVito had an extra toe. This fact could be true, but it is not on any public record anywhere. I made it up. Wouldn't that be nice though? How much money would you pay for Danny DeVito's extra toe? A lot. A lot. A lot. And I'd freeze it and then I'd pickle it. <laughs> <laughs> Just put some everything but the bagel seasoning on it. <laughs> Give it a nice little toast in the oven. That is nasty. <laughs> everything but the foot. <laughs> Starting Danny DeVito. Our next section is our reading recommendation section. As you may know, me and Sarah only speak alien tongue. So, what? I don't know. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Um, I think of that like German song that goes okay. you know what I'm talking about no oh yes I do I do oh, we should have him on <laughs> oh my god where is he now no for our next section <laughs> for our next, our next se section <laughs> for our next for our next section me and wait let's audition them again okay okay, okay. <laughs> For our next section, me and Sarah will be doing our reading recommendations. As do you what, may do know, it, do it southern now. Okay, okay. Is our next section, <laughs> me and Sarah will be doing our reading recommendations. Now do it as Meryl Streep playing Julia Child. <laughs> do you not know that? Next up, <laughs> me and Sarah will be doing our reading recommendations. That, that sounds bad. like crackhead Julie Andrews. <laughs> It sounds like Julie Andrews when they did it with Ben de la Creme on Dry Grace. Oh, yes, yes. Wait, didn't I think about her doing the Judy Dench? It's so fucking funny. Yeah, she's iconic. All right, your turn. <laughs> Do reading recommendations as if you just stubbed your toe and found out your son is a Nazi. <laughs> At the same time. This week. <laughs> This week, we'll be doing our reading recommendations. We don't read, but we try. We really fucking try. Florence Pugh found dead. Saoirse Ronan in the ICU. <laughs> Wait, what? Incredible. Oh. <laughs> As you know, me and Sarah only speak alien tongue. So as we say on our home planet, and I just say, okay. <laughs> um, so I don't have like anything really that's popped up on the internet for me, mm -hmm. but I have been watching The Boys on Amazon, which is very good. It's sort of like a 
real life capturing of superheroes it's like what would they be like if they actually existed and they like are run by an agency that's like kind of like a talent agency and they're all like fucking assholes and like sexual harassers the guys and they're almost like bad cops in a way Mm -hmm. the superheroes which is wild um yeah it's very good recommend the the boys on amazon for my reading recommendation i have um it's an instagram i follow um alok v menon that is A-L-O-K-V-M-E-N-O-N. They are kind of this, they're, they're a post-gender activist and they're really cool. Also a fashionista. I really think that probably in 20, 30 years, everyone is going to be thinking about gender and talking about gender the way that they do. So if you want to stay with the times in 2020, definitely give them a follow. Next up, me and Sarah have compiled a few Black Lives Matter and trans-centered organizations that you can donate to today. Up first, we've got the Brave Space Alliance, the first Black-led, trans-led, LGBTQ center located on the south side of Chicago, dedicated to creating and providing affirming, culturally competent, for us, by us resources, programming, and services. You can donate to them at bravespacealliance.org donate. Destination Tomorrow a grassroots agency located in the South Bronx that provides services to and for the LGBTQ community. You can donate them at secure.givelively.org slash donate. Next up, Mobilizing Our Brothers Initiative, or MOBI, a series of curated social connectivity events for queer people of color to see their holistic self while promoting community, wellness, and personal development. The Sylvia Rivera Law Project. They work to increase the political voice and visibility of low-income people and people of color who are transgender, intersex, or gender non-conforming. You can donate to them at srlp.org donate. Some Black-owned businesses that you can visit in New York include Lily's Rugala, They are a historic bakery on 118th Street. They're open for pickup orders and citywide delivery. You can get yourself a big box of chocolate, apricot, or raspberry rugala. I love rugala. It's a delicious dessert, and I certainly will hit up this Harlem-based bakery because they're right nearby me. Mm, It looks delicious if you go to their website, by the way. I love rugala. Next up, we have (laughs) chocolate. There's a lot of controversy surrounding this restaurant. We looked it up. <laughs> Next up, you have Chocolat, where you can and should eat red velvet pancakes for dinner tonight. That's what Chocolat is for. <laughs> that was literally their description on the like website they were listed under. That's <laughs> which I so appreciate. I mm, loved we it. Should, we should go to this place for it dessert. Lo- it looks so fucking good. Yeah. Oh my god. Chocolat, okay. Chocolat is a restaurant <laughs> where you should and will eat red velvet cupcakes. <laughs> where you must. <laughs> Chocolat. Um, Chocolat. It's it's in Harlem. It's on Instagram at um, it's chocolate without the e. So just Chocolat Harlem. Um, yeah, they're a restaurant. They look like they have spectacular desserts, um, and I want to go tonight right after I finish the dinner that Sarah is preparing for us tonight. So for this next part, we have an incredible guest. She is a writer and performer. She started studying comedy at the age of 15. 
She recently wrote and created the 2018 TV series, Maddie Paz is a Noob for DreamWorks, released on Amazon. She has written digital videos for CH2, Awesomeness TV, UCB Comedy, Comedy Central, and has been a creative consultant on various TV projects for TBS, Six Point Harness, Mondo, and DreamWorks. She's also written for the CBS Diversity Showcase and created an off-Broadway musical called The Future Tony Awards with a Z. Please welcome Stephanie Streisand. (laughs) (laughs) We have a huge studio studio audience here in our very tiny Manhattan apartments, obviously. That's what's happening right now. Um, Just to clear the air, no relation to Barbara, right? Or is there? Oh, yeah, she's related. Really? Really? I'm also related to Harvey Firestein, too. So it's like, uh, do you want to know what the ultimate Jewish gear icon looks like? It's me. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. Wait, I want to know. Wait, how are you related? She's my cousin. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. My mom grew up in Brooklyn, and everyone has a story that they're like, their their friend or Barbara was over their house singing and the the parents always used to tell her to be quiet and <laughs> then she became Barbara Streisand. It was like, I feel like every Brooklynite who grew up during like that period of time has a story about her too. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Um, what is she like? <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> or Anne Harvey. I'm like, that's so cool. What is it like being related to her? Uh, it's a lot of people like growing up a lot of people would be like, tell her I said hi. And you'd be like, okay, okay, person, like, giving me my first library card, I will. Like, <laughs> so where where were you born and, and what was your upbringing like? What was it like growing up? Uh, I was born uh, on Long Island. Uh, you know, good. Um, uh, I grew up with, like, a very musical family. Uh, I, but my parents were both musicians as well. So uh, my dad... Uh, is a guitarist and my mom is a singer and then eventually my dad went into insurance because you've got to pay the bills. So I grew up on Long Island and um, yeah, it was, it was nice. Um, I was a goofy kid. I was real goofy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so when did you discover comedy? Was that something, I mean, you said you were a goofy kid. I totally relate to that. I was the same way. Was that like You're something you found as course we were goofy (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so was that something you found as a kid or was that later on in life when did you find comedy I was really into musical theater as a kid and I loved doing like the funny roles but like I'm talking about like I'm nine years old being like I'm gonna do the funny roles like it's it's a still a fucking nine-year-old but um But uh, I love doing that, and um, I got too old to go to theater camp, and my mom, so it was like, what am I going to do this year? Like, I don't know. My mom, being a a mom, like, very mom of her, where she, like, kind of misunderstood, she read something in Newsday that was like, uh, the person who taught Gilda Radner, Del Close, is opening a theater in New York City and doing, like, a summer intensive, and which is obviously wrong. Del Close didn't go to New York. But, um, <laughs> but uh, the theater was already open, but it was like this whole thing about, about the theater. And it, uh, my mom was like, oh, we'll sign you up for a summer intensive there. And it was basically like a summer camp. We're from 10 in the morning to like five o'clock. I would 
do, uh, I would take improv classes at the Upper Institute of Theater. Oh my God. That's oh, cool. So cool. I love that. So wait, were you, were you taking those classes when you, like, when it first opened? Is that what you... No, no. Oh, no. oh, okay. Um, cause like their, their first theater, I think was like a strip club. Uh, <laughs> it was like, Our... it used to be a strip club and like they used to get people coming around shows being like, uh, where are the, where are the strippers? But they like didn't want to ask. <laughs> um, that's what I heard. Um, but I started when uh, the theater in Chelsea had recently opened. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. I have RIP, RIP UCB in New York. Um, I like took classes there, but I totally was like tuned out. I don't know. I just never, I wish I got into it more. I wasn't, I probably, I, I guess it's too late now for the, at least the New York one, but um, yeah, everybody. I mean, it's, a, it's a good time for, especially a 15 year old. It's like, right. You're going so was, to play pretend every day. Yes, absolutely. Everyone loves UCB. Every single person who like took a class there has always uh, th thrived there too. So it's like definitely was the hub for New York City for kids to get an outlet. So how did you get into like TV writing and writing for kids shows? Was well, the I Amazon have, show? Written for the Detour too, which is a very adult show. Okay, <laughs> I, I was referring to your Amazon show. Oh, okay. got it. Um, so in New York, I put up the Future Tony Awards and wrote a web series, and then went to LA to do the the show out there, uh, okay. and for like a week where we rented out a theater. It wasn't like somebody asked us to do it. Um, <laughs> but. Um, I tried to do like a one-two punch where I was like, things are going on with me. I got this web series coming out and I got this show. And I met with, uh, with people in the industry who were like, oh my God, when can we meet with you or whatever? And I was like, never, I'm going back to New York. Bye. And then I, like, <laughs> I should move to LA. So then I figured out, move there. And uh, there really came a point where it's like, uh, when I was at UCB, I was like, well, what am I doing? I'm not making any money from this except like, you know, you can coach, but like that only like helps so much. I was so I was like, well, it's time to do like what I want to do, which is get paid for it. So then right. I was, I like took a step back and I was like, what do I need to do to try to work towards having an actual career in comedy? Also, <laughs> tell us about about Detour, this very adult show that you write on. <laughs> Um, uh, the Detour uh, is a was a television show on TBS. It recently ended. Uh, it was it starred Jason Jones, and it was by Jason Jones and Samantha Bee, and it was like a National Lampoon vacation, but like uh, gone like crazy town. Um, <laughs> so they're it's a family that's running from the law. That's so cool. Where can we watch that now? Yeah, I want to watch that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It was super fun. And then there's a show I'm working on now coming out on Hulu November 9th uh, called The Mighty Ones, which is an animated show that's like uh, Ren and Stimpy and, and Spongebob had a baby. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> how did you get into animation that sounds like incredible to me That's I, just... I, I've always loved animation so it's um and so my writing samples are very like wacky like when you read it you go like I mean how is this flower gonna talk unless it's animated? yeah 
so um so i've always been interested in that and then um i would go to uh like art galleries and stuff like that by people who were who were creating art that also did stuff with cartoons and stuff like that and i was always drawn to anything animation i was just really into it and then i joined uh women in animation which is a group that's uh, their goal is just making the field of animation 50-50. And anybody can join. It's not like a women's group. It's, it's an everybody group. Doing that really helped me meet a lot of wonderful creative people, whether they're into animation or, or storyboarding or light effects, like things that you never think of when it comes to, at least I never thought of when it came to animation. Just like these crazy, just lighting. I never thought of lighting in a... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you meet all uh, you meet all of these people, and I met with small production companies where I just reached out because I was just gung ho and just really excited to to meet with these production companies and know what's going on with them. Because that's why I moved to LA, you know. So I was just like, hi, I like recently moved here. You know, if you're ever taking a meeting, like I'd love to meet and just like chat, like just know what's going, what you're about. And some of them would be like, you you seem not insane. And uh, <laughs> like you like animation, we'd love to meet you. Uh, and that kind of helped me get jobs too. It's one of those things where when you're really, like you guys are both very passionate. When you're really passionate, like in New York, it does feel like there is a only so far you can go. Because a lot of production happens in LA and a lot of, a lot of deals happen in, all, in LA and stuff like that. And so in LA, when you're really passionate and you like love it, it just, people are very drawn to you because they are also passionate about what they're doing as well. As a person who's trying to get like to write for TV and like get my show picked up, what like, I feel like I've sent, I don't even know at this point, maybe like thousands of emails to different producers and stuff. What is your advice with sending emails and who to send it to? One of those forms, like you never send them anything they haven't asked for. So you don't want to attack okay. What's great about LA is that there are all these showcases happening all the time. Well, not right now because of quarantine. Mm. Like when quarantine is over, they'll go back to doing showcases. And any manager or uh, person who runs a production company or anything like that, anybody who shows up to those showcases, they're people who are looking to meet new people. And they've seen the showcase. They know who like out of the showcase they'd like to meet. But they, if they stick around, it means they want to meet even more people at those things. So you can meet people that way and have like a face-to-face -face and then be like, I'll shoot you my shit when they ask you. There's so many virtual panels right now. If you just email to thank them with like a, a little, a link at the end to like your website or YouTube page, they'll like click it or they won't click it, but at least you didn't ask them anything. You just thank them for doing something nice. If you haven't written on a TV show yet, reaching out to smaller production companies is the better way to go, especially if you're not repped. And during this time is great because there's not a lot, I mean, there's a lot of development going on, but they really can't shoot a ton of live action right now. So if you have like live action ideas and they, they have somebody in development, like they have to prove that they like should still be getting paid right now. Right. <laughs> and meet with more right. people than they usually do right now. Not a lot of busy work for them to do. What's great about this COVID time <laughs> um, is that you don't have to move to LA or visit LA to be having these meetings. 
you can reach out to anybody because they're all all these meetings are going to be remote right now so you just mm -hmm. need to make sure like your plant is in the background so it's like i'm the person that takes care of my plant <laughs> um, that's true <laughs> and i'm not <laughs> I have no you can buy a rubber plant and <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's um there's always whenever you ask like a tv writer i feel like how'd you get your first job or like how it's everybody has such a specific thing that it's like well that can't apply to me and then the real answer is like you just throw sh like spaghetti at the wall and see what noodle sticks so i, I wanted to ask you What's been your favorite project to work on to date? I'm, I know I'm working on the Mighty Ones right now, so I'm supposed to say the Mighty Ones, but like it is the Mighty Ones. I'm having a, a total blast on that show. The showrunners are down for like any ideas. Uh, they're very open to hearing ideas and like everybody's just in the room, just like making each other laugh and trying to like get to, it's uh, the sense of humor is similar, more similar to mine. So it's very insane and silly. like. The, the stupider it is, the more likely it's going to get written in a good way. So I'm having a lot of fun in that room. I get really excited to go on my computer and stare at their faces on Zoom every day. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is a little strange that the writer's room is, is right now remote. Is it like how we were talking? Like, uh, <laughs> like that. It's a lot of that. There's like a lot of... Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, you can't you can't sidebar in the room you can't which can kind of limit ideas if you can't be like oh my god did you see blah, blah or like you can't watch like a youtube video together kind of thing when it's like when you're at a stall just to like pick up the room again you can't watch a dumb youtube video and then go back to work just some tricks like that you can't really do but other than that it's pretty good what's a writer's room like for an animated series but like what how, how does the how does it work do you guys collaborate and you you each like throw out ideas and you, there's like a google doc situation like how does that work the way this room works which is which is obviously it's it's different uh for other animated rooms but um we basically will like pitch what's good about this show is that it's not serialized so like we can just come in and pitch like 10 episodes kind of thing like each of us and it doesn't matter like who's doing what because everything just kind of resets every episode so um you know you come in uh to a meeting if it's like we're pitching today and you pitch a bunch of ideas for episodes and then the showrunners will be like okay uh write up a premise for like this one this one and this one and we'll see which one has legs and then you're like you'll write up the, like that one or maybe you'll write up all three if they all come mm -hmm. out what's also cool about this room which uh, i've been on other animated shows where it's not like this is um there are some of the animators are in the writer's room with us on some of the days and it's great because we're all on the same page and they also have all these like great visual joke ideas that I would never know could be like a possibility that could happen. They always have these ways to make it like way better than you thought it could be. Where when I've been in rooms where you're not talking to the animators and what ends up happening is like, if they don't understand something, they'll like misunderstand and like they'll go a different direction, which is like, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not bad, but it's just like, it's not, what it was intended to be there's a lot of like oh redo this redo that and i think the process 
takes a lot longer when the artists are not in the room. Uh, also, artists can be like, we can't draw that. So just like rewrite that really fast because we don't, and that also saves a whole lot of time. Yeah, that's so cool. So interesting. I like fun. That's such like an interesting niche. I feel like a lot of people don't know how it works too, which is just awesome. And so like, there's so many things that go into animation too. So many aspects. It's stuff that I, like, I never thought of like, oh, just even tiny things like, oh, I saw that you want to put in this character, this character and that character as like random one liners in the episode, change it to change one of them to this character. So it could all be done by the one voice actor. Just like, wow. Just like dumb things that, I mean, everybody would think, I guess, I guess I'm. No, that's like no, that's, so. But it is weird so, to be like, oh yeah, actors play more than one character. <laughs> <laughs> UCB training, UCB improv. Anybody <laughs> could be anything. And um, going back to like comedy theaters can work for some people to help them get to where they want to be. Uh, for me, it just turned, it was just like a fun experience. It didn't, it wasn't the like noodle that stuck. And I think, you know, what works for somebody doesn't work for another person. And it's all about like, when you realize, when do you figure out like, I got to try the next thing. We wanted to give you a moment to ask you, you know, I know you're talking about the show you're working on now. We wanted to ask like, what are you working on now? And where can we find it? When should we look out for it? Just anything you want to plug. <laughs> okay. Oh man. The Mighty Ones are uh, coming to Hulu November 9th. Unless I'm wrong, then it's November 11th. But I'm pretty sure it's November 9th. That's going to be the first season. It's going to be a real fun time. You can see uh, Maddie Passes a New Wiki said on, on Amazon. And you can watch uh, The Detour on Hulu as well. I'm also working on, uh, I just recently uh, signed a deal for a movie with Universal. No way! Wait, with who? I didn't get that. With Universal, like it just happened. Oh, oh my gosh! Congrats, Mazel Tov! Congratulations! It's it's crazy. It's so crazy. I totally forgot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's weird to say that. Uh, Yeah. So maybe next year, if that happens, like I don't know. I've never written a movie for money before, so I don't know how long it actually takes to make one. So, I don't know if you could say this is it live action or is it a while? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what are you gonna say? Is it live action or is it animated? Can you say? It's live action. Oh, cool! Awesome. Awesome. So excited to see it. Is it comedy? It's a comedy, right? I'm a... It is, yeah, it is a comedy. Okay. Okay. It's it's wacky screwball comedy. It'll be a lot of fun. I feel weird. weird. I can't wait. That sounds. It's weird That's... to be like. Ugh. You need to brag. You know, you should yeah. be like, I'm. I'm a universal star. You need to that like. So cool. I would be. I would be. I mean, I would. I, I guess I'm an asshole, but I would be bragging. But you're a nice person. <laughs> no, no, I'm. I'm. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm coming off more as an asshole because I feel weird about it and now. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> I. I've also taught pilot writing and like how to get repped and all that stuff and it I really do believe that like if you work your ass off and you try every angle you can think of like before you do think of every angle you can think of as you're trying angles 
you're going to get noticed and get to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's um, great. Yeah, that's so that's such great advice. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the, the fun <laughs> section we got here. We got some Mad Libs. And since you worked for DreamWorks, this is a DreamWorks themed Mad Lib. True. And it's from it's from Shrek. We took the <laughs> opening narration from Shrek and we have turned it into a Mad Lib. So without further ado, please give me an adjective. Petty. Petty. Okay. Can I please have a noun? Battleship. Battleship. I love it. Another noun, please. Viewers at home, she is scouring her room for nouns <laughs> all over. Banjo. Banjo. You have a banjo? No, no, but I, I saw a, 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 a guitar and then I thought more. Right. Can I have an adjective? Strong. Strong. Another noun? Uh, school. School. A plural noun? Geese. Geese. Okay. Five more. <laughs> Just five more. So we got an adjective. Oh, another one? Um, forgetful. Forgetful. And then past tense verb? Tripped. Tripped. And now just three nouns, and that's the end. Tennis, unicorn. Love it. And parasite. Parasite. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, we are ready. <laughs> Let's begin. This is the Shrek opening narration, Mad Libbed by Stephanie Streisand. Once upon a time, there was a petty battleship. She was locked away in a banjo guarded by a strong, <laughs> fire-breathing school. Many brave geese had attempted to free her from this forgetful prison, but none prevailed. She tripped in the dragon's keep in the highest tennis of the tallest unicorn for her, loves, for her true love and true love's first parasite. Yay! It's beautiful, it's poetic. I love it. Let's go pitch it together. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> Creators of Shrek will say, that wasn't good enough. This is where it's at. <laughs> it's like, you want another sequel, right? <laughs> this is it. <laughs> so this, this next section, sorry, Sarah. <laughs> this next section is our Mary Fuck Kill section. Um, are you familiar with the game Mary Fuck Kill? Yes. Okay, awesome. So, Sarah, please take it away with round one. Round one. Renee Zellweger's character in Shark Tale, Renee Zellweger, and a live shark. Okay, is the live shark sedated? No. <laughs> it can be, but you have to do it yourself. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna fuck Renee Zellweger. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna marry the shark, and I'm gonna kill the the character from Shark Tale. Good choice. Nice. Thank you, yes. Our uh, engagement party will be uh, very interesting. <laughs> a true a true ally to marine life. Yeah, <laughs> but like our themes, ugh, we're having such fight over the themes of this wedding. Okay, ready for round two? Yes. So we've got Dizani Water. Wait, Duncan. is that is that really how you pronounced it? Oh, it's, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's not funny. Dizani? I say Dasani. Yeah. Dizani? Is it Dasani? Dasani. Are you okay. are you both originally from New York? I'm from Jersey. No, I'm from Florida originally. That's why he pronounces Dasani. No, <laughs> Vinny pronounces things weird, and they don't even sound like they're oh, from New Jersey. How do, you, how, do you say the how do you say the plumber with the red hat? Mario. Uh, 
what is it is it is it mario it's mario right you're right Okay. But I think I think There's a lot of things I say wrong. When I went to see it, I left the movie it, and I was like, I love Pennywise the clown. <laughs> I did it for like a year. You were saying Penny. I think you still say Pennywise. <laughs> I do. It's a habit now. I can't break it. But. On to round two. So we've got Dasani water, a Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee, and a lukewarm swimming pool. I would kill the the coffee. Mm-hmm. Only because I'm not a coffee person. Like, oh, I'm sure other people want to marry her. Like, she's very nice, but like, not for me. So she, I'm gonna murder. Her. And then uh, <laughs> I'm gonna fuck the pool and marry the Dasani bottle. Good choice. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the bottle can be more useful than you think. I just Dasani water to me is like chemicals. Like. <laughs> You don't like the chlorine taste it has? I'm used to it because I'm from Florida, but I don't prefer it. It has this like weird, like metallic kind of taste to it. Yeah. yeah. It gives it a little kick, a little surprise, you know? <laughs> so next up we have Would You Rather. These are also in the world of animation in honor of you. Would you rather be stuck in the animated universe of the movie Over the Hedge? or never see your parents again. Oh, so my parents can come visit over the hedge world? They can come visit you. I guess, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we hadn't thought that through. (laughs) I I mean, I guess I'll go in over the hedge, like show my parents around for a week. I feel like there's a lot of sights to see. Like the hedge. (laughs) (laughs) Or over. (laughs) Or over. (laughs) Okay, our second round. Would you rather own the chum bucket or smell like pasta vizool forever? <laughs> smell like pasta vizool. Someone will love it. Good choice. <laughs> yeah, honestly, we, we were talking about this. I think like Jabuki or someone tweeted that Mr. Krabs would be a Trump supporter. And I think that maybe Plankton might be too. Like that's definitely a corporation, you know, like <laughs> there's some like tax breaks that he's looking forward to, you know. Plankton <laughs> is, is like the Elon Musk of Bikini Bottom. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, like, he pretends. He pretends that he cares about the people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, so, I wanted to know, do you have any show recs? Any shows you're watching right now? Avatar Last Airbender went to Netflix recently. I recommend that to people. Korra is, like, the sequel to it. It's good. Especially, I mean, if you're in a dark place, Korra is season three to, and the end of season four. Like, that quote-unquote journey that, like... That'll get you through a tough time. I know people who got over bad breakups by watching, like they swear by it. So like, I have a friend of mine who every time he goes through a bad breakup, he's like, I gotta watch Cora. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just finished Search Party and I think it's like one of the best shows I've ever watched. It's on HBO Max. Have you seen it? watched it yet i've heard really good things and my my boss just watched it and was like you love it like okay it's so it's so amazing like it's like nothing i've ever seen before and i feel like that's really hard to say about tv it's like crime drama comedy and it's like a new york show and the cast most of them i feel like they're like new york comedians so they're not like in the mainstream a lot so it's really cool to see like kind of new faces obviously like Aaliyah Shawcat is the lead character. She's from Arrested Development, right? Yeah, she's incredible. Like, I'm like, female Walter White over here. Like, Brian Cranston could never play this role, but she could play Walter White. 
<laughs> love Brian Cranston. Like, but I, I was like, I was just blown away by it. It's really, it's really good. The Shira show is good. Did you guys watch? Yeah. Shira? No, no, I haven't watched that. The, they rebooted it, and it's really fun. If you like sci-fi, after like the first season, it really is just like, okay, so we like did this world. Now let's go to space. It gets very sci-fi, and it's fun. Thank you so much for like, I, 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 this is like so fascinating to hear about this like animation and writing for TV. So thank you for giving us your time and talking about it. We really, really loved hearing about it. Definitely. Thank you so, so much, Stephanie, for coming. Um, you gave us super cool information and super specific information about how like your writer's room works, which is so fascinating to us. And, you know, sometimes people are a little like tight lipped about it. And just it's super, super cool that you like gave us just this really cool information. I just wanted to like thank you for coming on. And um, to close out, I would like to say that True Jackson VP was filmed in front of a live studio audience. This episode of Wish You Were Weird was sponsored by Nobody. Please sponsor us. Thanks.